Hello and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, one half of the Codex Prime podcast, and today is Friday, May 11th, 2018, and I am so glad to be back here once again. Uh, this week's topic uh, for this this uh, episode, this edition of Victor's Corner is we're going to be talking about the music video that's been sweeping all the headlines on social media and on YouTube as of late of uh, this all week long. And that is uh, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino's latest music video, This Is America. And man, this this is this video is is something else, man. It has gotten the Internet a buzz with commentary and analysis of what all the images mean and what the overall message uh, uh, Glover is conveying in in the video as well as as well as how socially relevant it is in these days and times and and for this uh, this edition i do want to get into my interpretations of the video and kind of break down in in my opinion what each uh component of the video means from different shots or different moments in the video to the lyrics and I'll get into a little bit about uh, another similar topic as well towards the end of this video. Uh, but if you're joining us, if you're joining me in, in this case, uh, I'm on Facebook Live. And uh, otherwise, you can listen to this on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, as well as YouTube. So yeah, man, uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Uh, this is America, his latest music video. Uh, it's directed by Hiro Murai, and, uh, and the song itself was produced by Jason Cole of Doomsday with uh, Ibra Ake and Fam Rothstein of Wolf and Rothstein. And as of today, this video has received over 63 million views on YouTube, which is, which is pretty, pretty impressive, and I can see why. Uh, this video... It's a one-take style video, which is visually rich with metaphors on racism and gun violence in America and how the two are inextricably linked. And it's also a pointed critique on consumerism and how both artists and the audience uh, benefit to some degree from their collective pain. And more specifically, how we on a broader level are victims and consumers of violence and more to the point, uh, how black audiences respond to and absorb violence, you know, against their communities via, you know, real life and entertainment, i.e., our our uh, music and and other forms of media. Uh, Eddie has just uh, joined in. Uh, welcome, Eddie, to this uh, edition of Victor's Corner. And you know, watching This Is America, uh, when I watched it for the first time, it just bam! It hit me like a titanium glove like it just hit me in the gut because i was just floored by the four minutes worth of footage i saw and this is america is, is a great example of how donald glover uh conveys all of his all of these relevant social themes in a very subtle yet impactful way that's not heavy-handed handed it's not preachy it's not histrionic it's not beating you over the head it's not forcing you to um uh to accept his view like but but it leaves you with a series of questions and it lets and it leaves you to you know question how you perceive 
uh, not only the video itself, but what the what the very subjects are that he is trying to say. And and like I said at the top of this uh, episode, um, I do want to explore my interpretations of the video and provide some context I found from other reviews of it, you know, as well as see what your thoughts may be. So if you're joining on the chat, anybody who uh, pops in, uh, feel free to leave your thoughts on the video as or some of the points I'm, I'm making and, you know, we can go from there. So I do want to set the scene. Um, uh, this this is America begins. Uh, well, the whole video is 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 set in this empty warehouse, and I thought I thought it was a really interesting choice for a setting because you know the the significance to me of an empty warehouse is a place where you know goods are manufactured and produced, and I'm thinking of you know manufactured imagery, perhaps you know uh, processed pain and trauma, or in this case, real life pain and trauma, you know, repurposed and manufactured into our entertainment. And this video, as, you, as you'll find out, is sort of like a rebuke, you know, against that very notion of, of like, I guess, turning one's pain into entertainment, but at the same time celebrating, you know, uh, getting our messages across as, as a people, as people in the black community or marginalized people. Um, but we'll, we'll, but we'll uh, unpack that as we go. And um, one of the things that that struck me was uh, the opening moments of this uh, of this video, and we see an opening shot of uh, of Donald Glover, you know, taking a gun out and shooting the guitar a guitarist, this older black gentleman, just strumming the guitar. He has a bag over his head. He shoot he shoots him right in the back of the head, and and that just like instantly jolts you. It's like whoa, what is going on? And after he shoots him in the head, the school kid enters the frame and with with like seemingly great reverence, he takes the gun from Donald Glover, who gently places places it in a red towel, and then the kid runs off. And while the un, while the old man's body, the older man's body is unceremoniously dragged away, just like a piece of garbage, basically. And, you know, watching those opening moments, you know, a couple of things, you know, stood out uh, immediately. One was the uh, color choice of the towel in which the gun is placed. You know, the, the, the towel is covered in red. Red, obviously, being in this, case, in this context, the color of blood. You know, it's soaked with blood, not only the blood of uh, that particular victim, but like the uh, victims of gun violence as well, uh, which we've seen too many of with mass shootings and whatnot. And weirdly enough... Uh, it's not the it's not only the shooting of the man in the back of the head that's disturbing in and of itself, but also how Donald Glover looks when he's shooting the guy. Because as Go- as as Glover prepares to shoot the man, you know his body contorts into this uh, Jim Crow caricature. You know his his right knee is bent, his left leg is extended forward. His left arm is bent and his hand is his hand is on his hip and his right arm is outstretched, you know, with the gun in his hand. And then he shoots him. And then after he shoots him, he directly segues into, you know, dancing, you know, in front of as he's moving towards the camera. He's like dancing. He's practically jigging, if you will, for the camera. And and right before that moment, uh, right in the very opening seconds of this video, you hear this opening choral chant. Of like yeah 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 go go away, and then you and it's followed by Glover singing the following lyrics where he says you know we just want a party, party just for you, we just want the money, money just for you, I know you want a party, party just for me, 
girl, you got me dancing. Yeah, girl, you got me dancing. And I looked at those lyrics and it's sort of like on the one hand, it's um, kind of one hand you can kind of look at it as how uh, music in the in a broader sense is kind of is kind of used as a response you know, to and escape from one's pain and suffering, you know, or the mundane hostility of everyday life. So you have those opening chants of, yeah, 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 go, go away. Sort of like, um, sort of like, you know, you know, uh, the, the, the core, the chorus saying, you know, you know, troubles, you know, hardships, just go away. Let, let me, let me enjoy life. Let me, you know, enjoy myself. But, but the lyrics are kind of curious in this, in this instance, because, you know, because it does beg the question, you know, party just for who exactly? Money just for who exactly? You know, and, and I'm thinking, you know, perhaps this is Glover, uh, the artist, you know, saying that, you know, we just want to have a good time and spend our money on what feels good or what pleases us. Or he could also be saying that, you know, we want to party and have money just for you. You know, the you in this case uh, being entertainers themselves. Like, we want to give you your money, our money, as well as the structures that support these entertainers. Like, you know, the corporations that sell the artist's work, or in this case, record labels that, you know, propagate the artist's music. You know, so the rest of us as the audience, all we want to do is we want to, you know, turn up. We want to make it rain dollar bills. You know, just dance and party our, our worries away. So, you know, so the so the beginning of the song has those those carefree lyrics like, you know, we're just here. We're just here to have a good time. You know, it's it's all good until that first gunshot and the first victim in the in the in the video. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. This is not what I signed up for. And this is America. There's also a, there's also another additional lyric there, too, where he mentions um, uh, dance and shake the frame, you know, dance and shake the frame. Uh, and, and this is what Glover does literally and figuratively throughout the entire video. Uh, you know, he has this jubilant dancing, you know, which is uh, juxtaposed with the violence and chaos that's happening right in the background. So as he's dancing right in front of the cameras, you know, you have all, you have like what seems to be like a riot going on in the back. You have like cars on fire, people running around with weapons, jumping on top of cars. There was one moment where some guy falls on falls off the balcony and on top of a car. And it's it's, it's all also very chaotic and upsetting. And. And it's like it's like and it's like when you think of dance and shake the frame, yeah, he's dancing, but he's also uh, shaking us out of our initial expectations, you know, and complacency with with the with the startling imagery, you know, the first being the the guy getting shot in the back of the head, and he's shaking things up basically, and he's dancing and shaking the frame, like the frame of the camera, like the image that you see uh, throughout the video. But also, there was another um, there was another uh, component of of the early parts, early moments of the video that definitely struck me. Because if you notice, um, when we first see Donald Glover in this video, you know, his back is turned towards us, you know, facing the camera. However, we do not see the gun that he suddenly pulls out from his back at all. Like when you watch the opening moments, you don't see the gun tucked in the back of his pants or anything. So when he turns around, he starts dancing and then he approaches the guy sitting down the guitarist and he pulls the gun seemingly out of thin air that is like a very subtle uh, and very powerful way of Glover communicating how you know violence erupts in our lives unexpectedly like we don't see it coming we don't expect it generally and that makes the shooting of the guitarist that much more appalling because we weren't 
expecting that. We weren't ready for it. We didn't expect him to have a gun, gun on his person. So that kind of it kind of shows how you know even 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 in situations or places that seem you know pretty peaceful, you know people are minding their own business. Next thing you know, you know shit pops off and bullets start flying and bodies start dropping. And you know that's and that's especially true you know in communities of color in particular you know, the black community, especially when you factor in, you know, police brutality and, you know, shootings of unarmed uh, black men and, and that sort of thing, which the which the, the video com- comments on in a, in a rather strong way. Um, also, you know, what, what's even more disturbing uh, is how after this moment, as well as uh, an even more horrible moment that soon follows the initial shooting, um, the guns Glover uses, like I said, they're, treat, they're treated with more respect and uh, dignity than the actual human lives that, that, that those guns have taken the lives of, you know, and if that doesn't speak to America's, you know, obsession or toxic love affair with firearms, then I really don't know what does because that, that is just like, wow, you know, I can't think of a more powerful and prof- profound statement than that. So we move on to the uh, uh, the immediately um, another part of the video where the lyrics drop. He says, this is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Don't catch you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. And so when he says those lyrics, the, the, the beat suddenly switches up into this bass-heavy, trap-sounding uh, Trap, aggressive drum, drum, uh, drum, bass, heavy trap music sound, and uh, it's it's pretty abrasive. And then when you then you as he's as he's dancing, you have this like aggressive trap beat playing, you know, and and Glover's rapping in front of the camera. You see these school kids just dancing right behind him, and they're dressed in um, school uniforms. They have these light yellow shirts and gray. Uh, gray pants and skirts and they have these like these wide bright smiles on their face like they're just dancing without a care in the world and they're just dancing in jubilation you know in spite of all the violence and chaos that's going on in the background and so when i'm th- I'm thinking about those lyrics this is america don't catch you slipping up and when i think of that second part don't catch you slipping up i'm, th- I'm thinking of um a couple of meanings there one one meaning that i'm thinking of is like, don't let America catch you, in the, the you in this case being black folks, you know, making a mistake. You know, don't act out of turn, stay in your place, stay in your lane, be respectable. And when I think of that, that lyric, this is America, don't catch you slipping up, that kind of makes me think about respectability politics. And I do have more on that later uh, the, towards the end of this episode, which I'll get back to. I also think of the other part of uh, of those lyrics too. Um, don't catch you slip. Don't catch you slipping up, in the sense of um, like that could be viewed as a, a critique, like Donald Glover's critique on the pattern of gun violence and our collective response as a society. So it's like we choose not to catch you, America. You, in this case, America, slipping up when it comes to gun violence. So. That makes me think about the the typical pattern that we see when it comes to mass shootings. And time and time again, like stop me if this sounds familiar. We have a mass shooting that that goes down. We have initial, you know, shock, uh, anger, sadness, 
thoughts and prayers, people offering their thoughts and prayers to the families and victims and survivors. Uh, we have people saying, okay, this is a time that we really got to talk about gun control. We really got to take some action and you know, address this issue of gun violence. You have another group that that's directly responds to them saying that, no, this is not the time to talk about gun control or gun violence. How dare you politicize this issue? This is not the time. I.e., you have like the groups like the NRA, you know, championing that cause. Then you have uh, certain lawmakers and politicians who continue that same stalemate, you know, go nowhere debate. Some, some on one side of the aisle say yes, we should have effective gun control. Others say no, and then next thing you know, it goes, it just, it just nothing, nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever changes, and then the cycle continues until the next uh, mass shooting. And then it's like rinse, repeat. And so it's like we're seeing America slipping up time and again when it comes to gun violence and the gun debate. But, you know, this is America. And since here we seem to love our guns, we choose not to catch you slipping up. Or, or rather, we see you slipping up, but we choose not to do anything about it. So, you know, in that case, you know, don't don't catch you slipping up. You know, hey. There's no need. There's no need to let you slip up because that's because that's exactly what we're doing as a public. You know, nothing. Nothing ever changes in regards to the gun issue. So that's one way I, I read. I read that part as well. Then I look at the second. Uh, the, the the second portion of that line where where Glover says, "Look what I'm whipping up." So. I'm thinking about that in the context of the video where Donald Glover's just dancing, you know, with the with the with the kids and you know, he's like being all 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 wild and, and crazy, like almost defiant. And it's like it's like on one hand he's saying, Hey, look at my art, you know, look at my art, look at my message, or don't look at my message, you know, or look at my distraction. You know, I, I'm the entertainer here. So look at my distraction, you know, or look at what's trending, look at this cele celebrity scandal, look at what he said, she said. Uh, look at Trump. Look at Kanye's stupid, stupid antics. Like slavery is a choice, you know. Look, look, look at the look at the distraction that I'm placing right in front of you. D don't don't ask any questions, you know. And, uh, all, all the chaos in the background. Nah, you 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 ain't gotta worry about worry about that stuff. No, focus on me. Focus on me dancing. Look look at these kids. These ki these kids are having a good time. Look at look at what I'm whipping up. I'm whipping up fun. I'm whipping up. I'm whipping up smiles. I'm whipping up joy. I'm whipping up some dancing here. Come on. You know, don't 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 catch don't catch don't catch the rest of the society slipping up. No, no, no. Look at this distraction I'm whipping up, conjuring up just for you. So that that in the context of the video, that kind of has that meaning right there, in my opinion. And I'm just like, hmm. You know, it's like it's like you're challenging me as a viewer to, you know, look away from what you're whipping up in front of the camera, and you're challenging me to look at what's going on in the back. So. So, you know, so again, you know, those lyrics right there, they kind of speak to, you know, the video's commentary on entertainment as a distraction or a pacifier or a blindfold, you know, from reality. You know, like, a, you know, you know, don't pay, pay no attention to the, to the destruction that you see in, the, in real life or in the streets. Pay no attention to the, you know, police brutality or the racism or, or discrimination or whatnot. No, 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 just just look at how I dance. Look at how I dance. Look how I soft shoe. Look how I look how I dance like a minstrel, you know. Um, and like with the with the body contortions and the grinning, it's kind of I kind of get some strong blackface vibes there, and I think that was the intention. Um, 
also too when you look at the dancing that uh donald glover and the kids do in the video that they kind of they do reference a lot of you know popular dance crazes like from the past and the present and one in particular is the guara guara which is a popular dance that originated in south africa and there's one interpretation I've read of, of the dancing, which is uh, from an article from uh, Adrian Gibbs in her Forbes article on the video, in which, which she states, and I quote, <clears throat> uh, What's remarkable is that the dancers nailed each performance, and you could interpret that in one or two or three ways. One, they are clueless and, and dancing. Two, they have a clue and dance to keep from crying. Three, they are jamming for the camera or for social media video and know their dancing is a distraction, a salve, or an invisibility cloak. Keep in mind, the dancers were not shot, nor were they chased by the police. Now, given Glover's drawl sense of realistic humor on FX's Atlanta, his, his, uh, his show, it would not surprise me if all three interpretations are correct, because often that is life in America, end quote. And you know what? That's definitely true, you know, because, you know, as the saying goes, you know, we have to laugh in order to keep from crying. And I think that's what the kids do. So and like I mentioned before, to, to kind of uh, elaborate on it a little further, you know, uh, Donald Glover and the kids dancing in this video, you know, in front of the camera is sort of like a direct challenge to the viewer. You know, as if he dares us to pay attention to and acknowledge the harsh realities of violence and chaos that, that affects, you know, blacks and communities of color. You know, and it's also a rebuke of the mindlessness and superficiality of a lot of popular culture. As if Glover is also saying, hey, look, man, you want me to sing and dance? You know, hey, you want you want trap beats and meme worthy moments from my video? I got you. But it ain't what you're really looking for, is it? Because I have a lot more to say than just, you know, just putting smiles on people's faces, if you know what I mean, and making you dance to a cool beat. <clears throat> now, now we move on to what is arguably the most violent and disturbing moment in the entire video. And, and this is clearly a reference to the... Uh, 2015 mass shooting in Charleston, South Carolina at the Emmanuel African uh, Methodist Episcopal Church where uh, that white supremacist douchebag Dylan Roof uh, shot and killed uh, nine people in a, in a mass shooting in a hate crime, a terrorist attack. And uh, uh, Glover, he immediately walks right past the police car right after he guns down the choir, a choir, in the video. And that right there, the him gunning down that church choir, it does speak to, you know, how much terror black people do face in this country. You know, even even in a joyous, you know, communal space such as a church, you know, you know, we aren't safe from racialized terror, from domestic terror. And, you know, right before this, that choir scene, you know, Glover raps the following lyrics where he says, look how I'm living now police be tripping now yeah this is this is america guns in my area i got the strap i gotta carry them and right there to me glover is saying that the that you know regardless of how he's living today you know he's he's a successful actor writer 
a director, singer, rapper. You know, he's successful and rich. Like, he's earned his success, but despite that, or regardless of that, he's not immune to the threat of police brutality or racial profiling or even the danger of death. You know, you know, he could be gunned down by the cops because they think that, oh, he had a gun, where in fact he had his wallet or a cell phone. You know, or he could be gunned down in his own damn backyard, like what happened to that unfortunate um, uh, young man from uh, a few weeks ago. You know, you then again, again, you look at the lyrics that he says, you know, guns in my area, I got the strap, I got to carry them. And I'm thinking about that. And on the one hand, maybe that speaks to the uh, racialized discourse uh, with gun violence and gun rights. And, you know, in the sense that, you know, as a person of color, you know, as, as a black man, someone who is part of a historically marginalized group of people, you know, he has he has to protect himself and he should have the right to protect himself. Uh, but however, when you racialize the whole, you know, gun rights debate in this case, you know, I got the strap, I got to carry them, guns in my area. Notice what happens when the very use of guns is placed underneath the racial microscope. So, for example, when you have uh, white gun owners, you know, talking about carrying guns, whether it's concealed carry or open carry, it's all about their Second Amendment rights. You know, white gun owners, gun owners, they're generally, you know, patriotic Americans. They're expressing their right to bear arms. However, if blacks carry guns, whether openly or covertly, it's a reflection on how violent they are. It's like, oh my God, they're, they're thugs, they're gangsters. You know, you know, we, we they, they, gun, thug, thugs and gangsters carry guns. We cannot, ha we can't have that shit. No way, not on my watch. And so, when you look at the debate right there of how you have a marginal of a, of a historically marginalized group of people who, you know, who you know, judging from you know our country's you know, openness towards guns, then yeah, logically, yeah, they should have the right to protect themselves. But if a black if a black person or a black community decides to, or many in the black community decides to carry guns, then that's seen as a threat. But if white gun owners carry guns, then that's just that's just their their patriotic duty, it's their rights, you know, and we gotta salute that and we gotta respect that. And and that kind of makes me think of like when again where where Glover says you know, guns in my area, I got a strap, I got to carry them. And I, that also makes me think of that famous uh, iconic photo of Malcolm X, who's peering behind the curtain and he's carrying a rifle. You know, he's got the strap. You know, Brother X got to carry it. You know, Brother Malcolm got to protect himself too. So that that's what makes me think about that. So I think those those lyrics right there in that portion of the song and the video, Glover is commenting on the the lopsided racialized discourse of gun ownership and gun rights as a whole. Um, oh, we have a Jennifer Green that just joined the chat, so welcome to the episode. Uh, once again, we're talking about uh, This Is America, the music video by Donald Glover. Um, there's one other lyric here, which is a which is a, a a choral refrain, and this is first heard from the uh, the church choir that uh, Donald Glover guns down in the video, where they say, you know, Grandma told me, "Get your money, black man, get your money." And on the one hand, 
immediately uh, the the meaning behind that is you know for black people in, to, in particular succeed by any means you know you know as a black person you're gonna be you know the victim of prejudice you're gonna, you're gonna be victimized to some degree anyway in this country as long as you're here you know whether it's by prejudice or other forms of ignorance so you know what get rich get paid be successful you know shine stunt on everyone you know floss floss what you got you know you know you get paid you I mean you're going to be victimized anyway so you might as well get paid right i think that so i think that's one that's also one um meaning behind that refrain you know grandma told me get your money black man and uh when you think of when you think about that refrain get your money black man it also speaks to how uh black trauma is capitalized and monetized into commercial art. And this is also referenced by uh, Trey Johnson's Rolling Stone article about this video. And he says, and I quote, uh, this is America reflects the desire to use every one of our available platforms to punch at America's conscience. So we keep recycling our trauma into art, which mainstream America then consumes and judges on the same scale as black entertainers' less burdened white peers. That tension has been at the heart of countless pop culture flashpoints. And he uses a few examples here. Uh, Kendrick Lamar losing the 2014 Best Rap Album Grammy to Macklemore. Beyonce's Lemonade, losing 2017's Album of the Year Grammy to Adele's 25. The dramatic Oscars finish between Moonlight and La La Land in 2017. It bears repeating that blackness rarely gets the liberty of being free from its circumstances, while the rest of America gets to sit back and be entertained by us. Glover forces us to look at exactly who we are as a result, end quote. Now, uh, hey, what's up, Carl? Carl has just joined the, the, the episode. Now, Johnson's critique totally hits home here, in my opinion, and the choral refrain of get your money, black man, reflects this because This Is America tells and shows us how black pain is reforged and you know, transformed into something that's palpable and accessible for mainstream consumption. You know, black artists are getting their money through their craft, you know, with many black artists, you know, reflecting on their real life struggles and, you know, difficulties. While, while in some other cases, you know, white artists can just make comfortable music that's not informed by, you know, difficult realities on any level whether in their personal lives or more broadly from the rest of society at large. So, you know, when you think about that, it kind of uh, dovetails to another part where I, where I say, furthermore, you know, Johnson's critique as well as Glover's video shows us how, you know, art doesn't really exist in a vacuum. You know, you cannot completely di divorce the artwork from the world that it's created in. So both inform each other on some level, whether you like it or not. You know, even though, yes, there are plenty of, you know, movies or works of art out there that don't seem to be saying anything important at all, or rather at least try to appear that way. Now, that, that makes me think, you know, how, how like, with, with This Is America Included, 
how powerful a song it is, but also it's another example of how black pain, whether it's historical or, you know, contemporary, it's, you know, always somehow transformed into something like a piece of entertainment. Like if you look at, you look at one obvious example, like, like movies about movies or shows about slavery, like you have 12 years a slave, which is, which is based on a true story, which is an incredible film. Uh, but you also have Django Unchained, which is Unchained, which is a slave revenge fantasy. You have Roots. You have Underground, which was a show that got canceled. Um, to some degree, you have uh, a show. Well, you have a show like um, it's a it's a new miniseries, Unsolved. I think that's the name of it, which is a USA miniseries about the deaths of the murders of Biggie and Tupac, and how. You know, some some cops are trying to solve the 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 conspiracy behind that, and how that how that real life those real life tra- tragedies is now again a piece of entertainment. You know, black pain, black death is you know can be transformed into you know something uh, accessible, and it does make me think of of how certain works of art, you know. Are, are reviewed by certain critics. Like, for example, like for, I'll use one example. Like, if you look at the movie Get Out, you know, by Jordan Peele, brilliant movie, deservedly won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, extremely well-written film. I've read reviews and I've watched a few uh, rev- reviews of, of the film that, that don't mention anything about the racial themes of, of Get Out. They just like there are some white reviewers that that approach it as just a standard horror film with a unique premise, but they don't even touch on what that premise means. And you actually do have some viewers out there that are oblivious to what Get Out was trying to say. So even though Get Out is a film, is a horror film or a suspense film that 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 talks about a very real, you know, fears that you know black people have, like for example, being the only person of color in an all-white or major, majorly white community or a white space. And for some, for some, for some, you know, for some viewers, like for some, for some white viewers who aren't quote unquote woke, they won't get that. They won't. They look at Get Out and they won't even see that what's, what's going. On. They don't even see the subtext and the obvious themes on the surface. So that's one example of how. Kind of like the the disadvantage, of, for lack of a better word, about how how sometimes black art or or black pain can be co opted into a work of art that is relevant, but there are many who might not even get the picture or might not even understand what it's really trying to say, and that's kind of and that's sort of like um, a reflection of uh, perhaps those the blindness of some viewers, and so. And so, yeah, you have art, black artists that profit from their relevant works of art, but they're also profiting from those who might like what they have, but might not even, might not even understand or even empathize with what they're trying to say or what the message is behind their work. So when I hear the phrase, grandma told me, get your money, black man, that does make me think about that. And so, you know, Glover's commentary on that is rather pointed and it does make me, it, it does make me think you know, in, in a, a, uh, rather like, 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 like there was definitely work to be done, not, not from the artists themselves, but from the very audience that consumes this type of media, media, like they got, they, like some people in the audience, they really got to bone up on their knowledge, man.
so we have a so there's a so the 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 video continues, and uh, he and Glover raps the following lyrics. He goes, you know, look how I'm geeking out. I'm so fitted. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm gonna get it. Watch me move. This is Selly. That's a tool on my Kodak. Ooh, black. <laughs> and so while he's rapping those lyrics, the camera is uh, pans up away from him into this shot of these school kids with white bandanas covering their mouths. They're like on this balcony in this warehouse. And, and they're just gazing into their phones, just like passively observing the chaos that's unfolding beneath their feet. They're just silent and they take no action. And maybe they're maybe they're like commenting on the chaos uh, uh, on their phones with like Twitter hashtags or social media hashtags on Facebook, you know, while not really taking any action. Like they're and they're silent because you know they're they're communicating, but they're not seeing anything or they're not doing anything. And of course, the Kodak line also references the rapper Kodak Black as well as the camera brand. Um. But uh, thinking about those kids on the balcony with the white bandanas covering their mouths and them being on their smartphones, you know, you think of the one other part of of Glover's lyrics where he says, this is a celly, that's that's a tool. You know, celly referring to the smartphones or cell phones. And he's talking about the, you know, how the use of communications devices like smartphones in this case, you know, to read, to, to read and, and record you know, instances about injustices experienced by by black communities or marginalized communities, like like for example, how people record, take out their phones and record someone being victimized by the cops, or if the cops acting out of turn, or videotaping someone who might be harassed on a public place, like on the subway or something, for example. But and like I said, you know, what that 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 those brief seconds of seeing those kids on the balcony, you know, gazing in their smartphones, just, you know, you know, tapping away with their thumbs, you know, their mouths covered as if they're silent, as if their voices are silenced, you know, it kind of disturbed me of how passively they were just observing everything below. And that kind of makes me realize that we've unfortunately arrived at the point that, you know, we can record horrific acts of violence like we can record we can record death like we can record people getting shot on camera circulate those images that footage on facebook and social media on twitter and nothing gets done and it's like you know we've we've seen countless acts of police brutality recorded in that fashion like you know Alton Sterling and and Philando Castile who was shot who 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 was shot four times in the chest in front of his four-year-old daughter sitting in the back seat and his girlfriend recorded it. This cop shot this dude, Philando Castile, in the chest. His girlfriend had the presence of mind to record it while, her, while, her, while their daughter was just freaking out. And that was, that was uh, circulated throughout Facebook like thousands if not millions of times. And so like we, you know, we, we retweet and we post our thoughts about these horrific acts of violence, the, these horrific deaths, but yet there's no punishment. There's no punishment of the cops that, you know, that pull the trigger. You know, there's no retribution. There's no legal retribution for, you know, for the cops or no, or no uh, compensation for the victims, the survivors, 
or the families of the deceased, all we have are just bitter, hurt feelings and hashtags. That's all we really have. So when we have these 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 recording devices, yeah, we can record what's going on, but what's being done? And I think that that's what Glover's trying to say here in, in that moment of those kids in the balcony with the smartphones and you know with the with the bandanas over their mouths. They 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 can't they're not really saying anything. They're not really doing anything except circulating what essentially is a snuff film or snuff films. And and what makes that what, what makes that moment in the video even more disturbing is that for those kids, you know, watching real life violence unfold and just, you know, retweeting it and circulating it on social media, sharing it, it just seems like a normal state of affairs for them. And that just that just makes me afraid. That, you know, you have young kids, maybe as young as like maybe three, four, five years old, you know, if they get a little older and they get their hands on a smartphone and, you know, they see, you know, you know, a, a real life instant, real life murder unfold, like, what are they going to say? You know, it's like, it's like you can, re, it's like you can remake John Singleton's Boys in the Hood. And if you remember that moment in the in the beginning where the kids are like, hey, y'all want to see a dead body? And they run, come across the fence and they see a dead body like laid out laid out behind this fence nowadays nowadays kids can be like hey you want to see a dead body click send retweet it's it's fucking horrifying to be honest and so that that moment really really made me uneasy to say the least um there's also another and 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 as you're watching as you're watching this is america and th and this is a video that's designed to be watched multiple times because there's so much going on that you know you can't just you 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 won't notice everything in one sitting um right after the you know the kid the shot of the kids in the balcony we see uh to the to the left of the frame the car uh, a car set on fire just set ablaze and then you see a police car in the background and you see a bunch of like rioters running back and forth with like weapons in their hands um but you also see this this uh, black, this black hooded figure riding a white horse right across from all the chaos, and that kind of reminded me of like apocalyptic imagery or the sign of end times, like one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, for example, or like death, death approaching, like the Grim Reaper, minus the scythe. And uh, you know, when you look at the that rather strong, strong image of an all black figure. You know, with riding an all-white horse, that 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 in itself is like a visual message too, because you know that could be seen as a subtle nod to not only black and white race relations, but it could also be from the uh, thematic context of the video, you know, where you know black death and black violence are riding riding the white the wave of white consumerism, you know, and profiting from it all. So that's one way you can view that the black hooded figure on the white horse as well. And also, you know, that also ties into, you know, Glover's lyrics about, or around this portion of the video, you know, about him geeking out, being so fitted, so Gucci, so pretty, etc. You know, like the, the, the chase of materialism, you know, above things that matter, you know, like black lives or gun violence or systemic racism. You know, oh, that background noise, you know, watch me get, you know, forget the, forget the background noise. It's like, it's like he's saying, you know, I'm so Gucci, so fitted. You know, watch me get this paper. You know, watch me look good getting this paper. Watch me look good doing it. Watch me look good stunting on people, you know. And I think his lyrics in a way are, are, are sort of like a, a rebuke 
to that way of thinking, that way of materialistic thinking, like, you know, oh, you know, F the world, get yours. You know, we're all going to hell anyway. So he's like trying to push back against that very cynical, selfish mindset. And we see that we have uh, John Haponic, who has just joined us. Welcome. Uh, once again, we're talking about Donald Glover's This Is America music video. So we have we have another part of the, of the video where uh, Glover is, is rapping uh, the line, 100 bands, 100 bands, 100 bands, contraband, contraband, contraband. I got the plug in Owaka. They're going to find you like Baka. And then, and then after he raps that, there's a there's like a side profile shot of Glover, and his arms are outstretched, and he's holding an imaginary gun, and his and his head is cocked back, and he has like the two gold chains around his neck, and he just stays there for like, like just just like a few seconds, but it feels like minutes, just like that, and. And when I looked when I, when I looked at that that shot, just when I looked at the camera, just lingering on that shot for like more than a few seconds, it kind of made me wonder, okay, what what's what's being said here? So my interpretation of that moment is, you know, that might be reflective of perhaps what whites see in black men, for example, or black people as a whole. Because when I see Donald Glover, you know, his arms are outstretched, he's holding an imaginary gun in his hand. To me, that kind of looks like a, a fill-in-the-blank image. Like, you can easily silhouette, you know, Donald Glover in that. You can, like, silhouette him and just, like, make that like a like a meme or something. And so that kind of makes me look like, look at that as like a fill-in-the-blank image, if you will. Like, you know, our... Uh, do do what do people see us black men as violent even when we're not so if our arms are outstretched can you imagine him holding a real gun in that moment can you imagine him wearing a hoodie in that moment do rag or whatever can you imagine him looking like what the stereotypical thug or gangster or hood dude looks i think that one is like kind of like a a fill in the blank opportunity for some viewers and and also, right after that moment, um, uh, Glover, he sparks up a blunt, and he just walks off the frame. And then that's, again, that's more imagery right there that conjures up racist racist or racial overtones, you know. You know, like, for example, you know, the, if you look at the history of, you know, how, of marijuana uh, laws and or uh, marijuana prosecution and how blacks are disproportionately, you know, jailed or sent to federal prisons for possession of marijuana in, in, in many cases, um, that could be seen as as having a racial component with him with Glover sparking the blunt. On the other hand, him sparking the blunt could also be seen as him, you know, just puffing away his troubles, you know, just you know, you know, just you know, just getting high and you know, just ignoring whatever society says of him and his ilk. You know, it's like, hey, you know what? You know what? The world is violent. The world is effed up. Screw it. I'm getting high. Spark one. And so. Right after that shot, you know, the camera continues to move along and it moves on to see the guitarist who was shot in the back of the head at the beginning of the video. He's back. He, he, he still has a bag over his head, but this time he's alive and well, just playing the guitar. And you see uh, Donald Glover climbing up on, on, on a car and he's just dancing. Once again, he's like dancing like a minstrel kind of. He's just jigging. And as the camera's pulling back, from him dancing on top of this car, you see a bunch of old cars or rather like ordinary looking cars, just like all parked alongside uh, to the left and the right sides of the frame. And one, and you see a cameo appearance by SZA, 
you know, the singer SZA, which was pre- which was pretty curious. At first, I'm like, oh man, is she is she gonna have a a, a verse in this song? Uh, but you know, she doesn't she doesn't say anything. She just looks at the camera, and then she just like turns around and looks at uh, Donald Glover just dancing on top of this car. And I'm thinking about like what SZA's brief presence meant in not only the context of that scene, but the context of the whole video. Um, I'm thinking of uh, SZA's, uh, the title of SZA's, SZA's album, which is Control. And maybe and maybe that, maybe her presence alone is intended for us to ask those questions. Okay, okay, she, wrote, she made the album Control. So in this case, who's in control? You know, who has it? You know, do, I mean, do we as consumers have control over what we consume, what messages that we choose to listen to? Do artists have control over over their work and how people perceive their work and again that kind of kind of makes me think about the the phrase you know get your money black man and also when you think about uh scissors presence in that shot you know keep in mind that her album control was also inspired by her view of of control in her own life and there was an interview that she did uh with the breakfast club uh it was last year it was in june 2017 where where SZA said, um, control is a concept. I've lacked con- I've lacked control my whole life, and I think I've craved it my whole life. End quote. And so, in the context of this is America, you know, Glover is asking those same pertinent questions about control. Like he's like SZA, he's looking for control in his whole life. He's craved it not only as a person but also as an artist. He's like, okay, um, you know as an artist he can't control how people react or perceive his work he can't control if somebody understands what he's trying to say or if someone fully gets it or if someone's quote-unquote woke enough to understand what he's saying so you know the the response of his work is totally out of his hands so that whole message of control kind of applies there too and i'm wondering if if maybe Maybe SZA will have another collaboration with Donald Glover, you know, perhaps along those along those lines. Maybe continuing uh, a, a, a similar song to "This Is America." We don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they have uh, next. Uh, John mentioned uh, uh, he was impressed by the white horse slash death in the background passing by. Yep, yes, indeed. Like I said, that was a very stri- striking image. Um. And what's and also what's interesting about that shot of Donald Glover dancing on top of the old car, and you see all those old cars on the on the left and right sides of the of the shot. You know, it's 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 it's, it's, such, it's such a perhaps it's an ironic it's a, it's an ironic choice because when you think about typical like mainstream rap videos that you've seen like for the past. I don't know, twenty something years. Like you see tip like you see some like blinged out rappers with the gold platinum chains, you know, driving around the Bentleys and or the Ferraris or Ducatis Escalades or or whatever luxury vehicle is hot at the moment with twenty two inch rims, you know, and they spin in. The rims are spinning, man, they spin in, they spin in, man, they spin in. And <laughs> I find that I find Glover's choice to use ordinary ass cars pretty ironic because when you think about it um many you know you know there are some of us you know a a good deal of us you know 
consumers, customers, fans, what have you. You know, we, we, we like to imagine ourselves as, you know, extravagant to some degree. We kind of like to imagine ourselves as, you know, balling out of control, you know, you know, I, I, you know, akin to those blinged out rappers that we've seen over the years, you know, they, they regularly show ostentatious displays of wealth. You know, we kind of imagine that, you know, we're driving down Broad Street or driving down Cranston Street, you know, in our in our Ford Focus, you know, with, in, with our with our bright shining hubcaps and we kind of imagine them as rims and we kind of imagine them spinning in place even when we stop. You know, we we kind of we kind of imagine ourselves. We kind of project ourselves and with 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 those ostentatious images because you know we 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 want to feel successful. You know, even though even though our job may not be the best in the world, you know, we we want to we want to imagine that we're uh, we're balling, we're stunting on people. You know, rims they spinning, man, they spinning. So, <laughs> I think that part kind of shows how you know, Glover's, I guess, like, in his own unique, subtle way is poking fun at that very mindset. You know, people who kind of try to spend beyond their means to kind of keep up with the Joneses, you know, trying to keep up that blinged out image or or, 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 or rather that feeling of being blinged out or being successful through strictly material goods like the best car or, you know, the best rims or the best clothes, jewelry, what have you. So I think that his and that's his view of kind of poking fun at that image. And then when you see the camera panning back from that very shot of him dancing on the car, um, that same shot, you know, shrinks. It pans far enough away where the camera has entered this black space. And that shot, you know, shrinks into this like small rectangular frame. And to me, that kind of shows how you know, we kind of box ourselves in, not only as artists, but also as consumers. Like, perhaps our definition of success or our definition of making it or wealth or riches, rich or riches, quote unquote, you know, perhaps our definitions of those things are very narrow because the mainstream displays that we see are, are equally narrow. And so maybe that kind of shows how reductive that way of thinking is with the frame shrinking to a small rectangle and, and fading to black. Now, now, um, there's, um, now we're moving on to the final portion of the video here, which kind of, which kind of sticks out in my mind as well. And I'm thinking about the sunken place. Uh, the sunken place, you know, as you know, see, as first seen in Jordan Peele's Get Out, and so the last unforgettable moment in the video, which is saying a lot because this video is a whole series of unforgettable moments, is of Donald Glover, you know, running for running for his life right towards the camera, and he's running away from this raucous mob that's just chasing him from the darkness, and he has this look of abject terror just wide eye like he's like fearing for his very life like if these people catch him he's dead kind of like the monsters in a sunken in a, in, a, in a quiet place a sunken place maybe that that could be the cool title of a horror film right there maybe the the sequel to get out i don't know but he's but he's running towards the camera and he's he's running away from darkness and this this mob is chasing him and then the camera cuts to black and as he's running away, as he's running towards the camera, away from the mob, we do hear uh, the final lyrics of the song. This is this is America from Young Thug. 
And Young Thug says, and I quote, you just a black man in this world. You just a barcode. You just a black man in this world driving expensive foreigns. You just a big dog. I kenneled him in the backyard. No, probably ain't life to a dog for a big dog, end quote. So what? So I guess what Young Thug is saying there is, you know, yeah, you're black and successful, but you're not insulated from injustice. And you know what? This reminds me of, you know, Jay-Z's incredible music video for the story of OJ, which came out last summer for his album 444, you know, where he references OJ Simpson, who did say in real life, he did say, hey, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Hmm. And, you know, today, considering recent, you know, face palm worthy events, we should update that quote where where someone could say, hey, I'm not black. I'm Kanye. Okay. <laughs> you know, that that just shows, you know, the, the lyrics, you know, you're just a black man in this world. You're just a barcode and all this. You know, it just shows that no black person no matter how accomplished, no matter how highly respected, no matter how you know, competent, skilled, talented, nobody is beyond the reach of injustice. And when you think about that, just look at um, Henry, Dr. Henry Louis Gates, you know, who, if you remember the story back in 2009, where he was, arrest, he was arrested in front of his own home because some idiot called the cops on him because they thought that he was breaking into his own house. Imagine that. Um, you look at the the lyric here. Um, you're a barcode, a product. So when I when I think about that in the con- in the context of the mob chasing after uh, Donald Glover, you know maybe the mob that's chasing him, they want to drag him right back into the sunken place. The mob wants to drag Donald Glover back into the darkness because you know they want to put him in the neat little box that they filed him under. It's like, it's, like, it's like they're trying to say to Donald Glover, hey, you know what? You're an, enter- you're an entertainer. You're a rapper. You're a comedian. You're, you're, you're the funny guy. Don't, don't make us think. Don't, don't talk about racism. Don't talk about violence. Don't talk about important shit. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We, we didn't sign up for that. We want to drag you back into our neat little box. We want to be entertained. We want to see you dance. We, we want to see you soft shoe. We want to see you jig. You know? You want to see you smile. So, so this, this, this is where you belong. All this opening our, our minds, all of it, trying to get us woke. No, we don't want to be woke. We want to be sleep. We want to be sleep. We don't know what woke means. So I think that, I say, so I think that in the context of him, like him being a barcode, him being a product, it's like, you know what? You entertain us. That's what you do. Entertain us. Don't make us think. You're not an educator. And really, that's a really reductive way of looking at artists and art in general. Because if you think that uh, art is just entertainment, if you think that a movie is just entertainment, or even a video game is just entertainment, then it's just like, oh, just something to pass the time, just something to enjoy myself and not think about. Then that speaks more about you than it does the artist and their work. And it's like, yo, and and I'm not saying that every single piece of art has to you know, is worthy of like deep, 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 you know, valid criticism. But there's a lot of art that says a lot more than what's on the surface. So I think that, you know, seeing this mob chase Donald Glover, you know, he's trying to push back on that notion too. It's like, yo, 
it's like, yo, I'm an artist, yeah, but I got a lot to say. You know, I got a, I got a show called Atlanta. Atlanta says a lot about racism in its own unique way, in its own idiosyncratic way that perhaps a lot of white viewers will not get. But if you're a black viewer and if you watch Atlanta, you'd be like, I know what he's talking about. Um, and, you know, the, the sunken place is comfortable, but comfortable for who? Who's it more comfortable for? Think about it. And so, uh, any any references to final lyrics of the song? You know, you're a big dog, but you're but you're still in a kennel. So again, it's like it reinforces reinforces that notion of you know keeping blacks in their place, keeping blacks in their lane. You know, don't make us think, make us laugh. You know, and that's that. And 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 to that final point of the of the, of the video. You know, there's a there's a quote that I found here from a from an interesting article from uh, Doreen Saint Felix of the New Yorker, uh, who writes in her article, uh, "quote There is an inescapable disdain so- sewn into the fabric of This Is America. The very fact that the dance scenes in the video are are already being chopped up into fun little gifts online, divorcing them." from the video's brutality only serves to prove his point, end quote. So again, you talk about, you know, artists, artists, you know, trying to escape from the, or black artists in particular, trying to escape from the sunken place, trying to say more than, you know, meets the eye. Again, you have, in this case, some people chopping up the, the dance segments of the, of the video into neat little gifts, which removes it from the context of what This Is America is trying to say. You know, that's another way of how audiences in this case are trying to be reductive when it comes to art, when it comes to, you know, the messages behind, you know, certain works. You know, like I said, you can't separate art completely from life itself. You know, they both inform each other. You know, like I said, there's no, no work of art exists in a vacuum, you know. Everything is influenced. Everything that you see, even even comic book films like DCEU or MCU, they're influenced by real life stuff, and they those films wouldn't work as well as they do. Eh, DCEU, that's kind of a stretch, but but you know what I mean. Let's go with the example. They wouldn't work as well as they do if they were if they were completely divorced and had nothing to do with real life or real life themes. So again, that's Donald Glover pushing back against that notion. So yeah, man. There's just so much that so that that's my overall uh, interpretation of uh, "This Is America" by Childish Gambino, or a better better known as Donald Glover. And like I said, if you if you've seen this video, um, please leave your comments uh, uh, on on the chat or or stick around afterwards, and you know I'll I'll check the comments after and see who says what, or email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail And again, this this is a video that needs to be it's it's definitely made to be rewatched over and over again, so you can kind of piece together you know what it's trying to say and whatever your interpretations are of the video. I'd love to hear it as well. Now. Uh, now uh, earlier, <clears throat> now earlier I did mention uh, one lyric from this, "This Is America" that I was going to get into in further detail, and that kind of deals with um, respectability politics. You know where Glover where Glover raps, "quote This is America, don't catch you slipping up." End quote. Now, 
with this, I do want to take a moment to address our latest episode of the Codex Prime podcast, where Carl and I deferred uh, on Bill Cosby's harsh remarks that he's made about the black community over the recent years, most infamously in his pound cake speech at the that he made at the 2004 NAACP Image Awards. And in this pound cake speech, Bill Cosby justified the killing of an unarmed black youth for stealing a piece of pound cake. For stealing a piece of pound cake. Okay? Now, and, and, then, and then Cosby mocked those who would be understandably horrified by this cruel act by saying, but, uh, but you know, what the hell was the kid doing with the pound cake in his hand? Aw. Ah, man. Now, I will say that, you know, with respect to Carl, I do see that he definitely oversimplified Cosby's remarks by saying that it was a quote-unquote generational thing. You know, using what wasn't really applicable examples, you know, like an example of like old people not liking rap music today, as as apples and oranges, that example doesn't really fit, but, you know, and it's sort of like a false equivalence, but I do want to elaborate further. You know, it wasn't a generational thing for Cosby to say those things, you know, for his remarks in his pound cake speech. You know, and in the following years since then, he's made a ton of remarks disparaging the black community in in one way or another. You know, he's done nothing, Cosby has done nothing but denigrate and condescend to black people as a whole. You know, and, and none of his remarks that he says were uplifting or edifying in any meaningful way. Now, before I, before I dig into this further, you know, we got to answer, we got to answer the question, you know, what is respectability politics? Well, respectability politics is a notion that, you know, marginalized groups of people, in this case, black people, uh, should carry themselves in a manner that does not offend or make uncomfortable, you know, the dominant majority culture, in this case, white folks. Now, Respectability politics is commonly expressed, you know, uh, when black youth, when, when black youths in particular are told, "Hey, you know what? You know, pull your pants up, don't wear hoodies, you know, speak proper English, don't use slang, don't talk any bonics, you know, don't listen to rap and hip hop, don't, don't listen to that crap, etc., etc., etc." You know, you know, it, it, it's this aggravating burden, you know, that. Black folks are imposed by those in our own communities, mind you, that anything we do as individuals, you know, affects the perceptions and treatments of blacks as a whole by the white majority. So it's like, if I mess up, then it's like, oh, damn it, here we go, Victor, you disgraced the race, you set black people back X amount of years, X amount of decades, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like our humanity is ignored there. And also, to use another example, you also see respectability politics in gender. You know, for example, when young boys and young girls are taught from a young age, like young boys are taught, hey, you know what? Act like, act like a man. Act like men. Act like, act like a man. Don't be a punk. You know, don't, don't cry. Don't show emotion. And then young girls are taught, you know what? Act, act ladylike. You know, don't, uh, don't, don't be too forceful. Don't be, don't, get, don't be too assertive. You know, defer to, defer to the man. You know, young, young, young boys and young girls are socialized to think this way. So 
to the point where respectability politics makes sure that if young boys or young girls act in any way that's outside of the of those heteronormative gender roles, then they're supposed to be shamed for it. They're supposed to be shamed into acting like a proper guy or a proper female or what have you. So that's how that works. Respectability politics works in gender. Now, now, now getting back to what Cosby said, you know, the things that Cosby said about black folks over the years, you know, since that dumbass pound cake speech back in 04, you know, they've been the same talking points that, you know, white conservatives and bigots, you know, have spat out over the years, you know, about how black people who live in the ghetto, like, you know, poor working middle or working class black folks or middle class black people for that matter, you know, are that we're the cause of our own problems and we're the cause of society's problems at large. Like, for example, Cosby's made remarks referencing, you know, black mothers on welfare having too many kids or young boys robbing and killing each other for stupid reasons like sneakers or Jordans or how blacks fail to value their education, or criticizing blacks who use slang like a bonics, or blah, 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 blah. Black people, you can't, you shouldn't do this. Black people, you shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Act this way, and then you'll be respected. So, you know, it, it, it's like when... um. Uh, this 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 comedian Hannibal Buress he referenced this in his stand up in 2014 where he talked about Cosby's you know condescension where he referenced Cosby you know saying you know pull your pants up black people you know I was in TV in the 80s you know so I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom you know you know the fact that Cosby was once you know branded as America's dad because of the success of the Cosby show and therefore he could talk down to black people any which way he wanted and of course, you know, Hannibal Buress correctly said in response to Cosby's remarks, yeah, but you raped women, Bill Cosby. That's what you did. So when you think about respectability politics in the context of Cosby's crappy remarks about the black community over the years, you got to look at how grim the irony is here because you have Bill Cosby, who's been this champion of respectability politics, falling victim to the same deleterious behavior that annihilated his own legacy. All right. You know, you know, you know, maybe maybe in this case, Cosby, maybe you should have been the one who pulled who should have pulled your pants up. You ever think of that? And then you want to talk about the the kid who got shot in the back of the head because he stole a piece of pound cake. Oh, what the hell was that kid doing with a piece of pound cake in his hand? Well, motherfucker, what were you doing with the quaaludes in your hand? You goddamn pervert. You ever think about that? Jesus. And then you want to turn around and and, and turn around and and, and and denigrate black folks for 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 causing their own problems and then you're turning around turning around drugging other women like over 60 women over the course of your whole career get out of here and but 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 then you think about not only Cosby's hypocrisy not only his remarks about you know black about the black community not only his monstrous you know legacy of sexual assault and rape and all of that you know, it, it just shows Cosby's downfall. Just shows how reprehensible 
respectability politics is because now, for example, if you look at the the long history of stereotypes and racism about against black men, you know, black men we've been historically deemed by whites as you know hyper hypersexual mongrel beasts. You know, we 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 screw too much. That's all we do: screw, 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 swinging our Johnsons around. That's what we do. And then here we have Cosby, you know, not only echoing similar views over the years, talking about, you know, black mothers on welfare, having too many kids and all this. As it turns out, he's revealed to be the very same stereotype, the very same hypersexual dude, beast, monster, creep. See how that works? And then, and then you then you consider Cosby's historical stature in not only pop culture, but most crucially, black popular culture, you know, it's no surprise that those same racist and ignorant voices talking smack about, you know, black men in the black community all these years, they'll look at Bill Cosby and go, you see that? You see that? No matter how big they get, no matter how successful they get, you know what? They're all the same. They're all the same bad apple. They should have never gave you Negroes money. And then, and then let's and then let's let's look at it a step further about respectability politics. Look at uh, Jewel Allison, who was one of Cosby's uh, alleged victims, and she said, and she even she too was very conscious of respectability politics, even though she was a victim of Cosby's assault. Where she said, and I quote, "You know, I didn't want to let Black America down." And um, and then she said, uh, "You know, the idea." that coming forward would reinforce stereotypes of black men as sexually violent made her fear that she wouldn't just bring Cosby down, an individual, but she would undermine the entire African-American community. Think about that shit. Think about that bizarre moral quandary that you have Bill Cosby talking smack about the black community for years, talking talking respectability politics, and to the point where you have a victim of his monstrous, cruel behavior talking about, oh man, yeah, I, I, Cosby violated me, but if I if if I if I come out with my story about what he did to me, then. I'm going to be letting the black community down. I mean, this is the guy who did the Cosby show, who brought us a different world. Man, what what do I do? And, and you know what? And you know what? No victim should even think about that burden. But but you know, and, and if, if 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 respectability politics wasn't a thing, and if Cosby wasn't championing respectability politics, she wouldn't have even have to think about that point. But the fact that she did tells you something right there. So it's not just a generational thing. This is this is deep rooted. This is deep rooted stuff that's still happening to this day. It's still affecting us to this day. So, you know, and 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 all and and all in all, you know, respectability politics is a lie. It's just a lie. L I E capital letters. And I'll, and I'll wrap up with this point. Um, I'm, I'm I think of a the writer from the, a writer from the New Yorker, uh, Jelani Cobb. And he was featured in Ava DuVernay's awesome documentary on Netflix called 13th. If you haven't seen 13th, by the way, do so. That is exceptional work. And Jelani Cobb said that the struggle of black folks in America from slavery to Jim Crow to this very day, the the universal, the fundamental struggle of black people is the desire to be understood. The desire to be understood as full, 
complicated human beings that, you know, were full complicated individuals. You know, what one person, what one man or one woman does does not, should not, and does not reflect me as a person. And what I do does not reflect them and other in the entire community and vice versa. So when you think about that fundamental struggle that's still going on to this day about us, you know, black folks trying to be understood as complete people, you look at Cosby and as well as other, you know, assaulters like him, they only serve to make that very fundamentally simple concept of being understood, which, by the way, is taken as a given by non-marginalized people. It makes it far more difficult than it has any right to be, man. So tying respectability politics you know, back to This Is America to wrap it up, you know, Donald Glover is saying with his video in his own monumental and unique and forceful way, you know, his whole video, that whole song, This Is America, is a sledgehammer. It's a bullet on that odious state of mind of this whole issue of, oh, you know, one person represents the whole. That that That's not the case, man. I don't care what the law says. I don't care what 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 uh what the majority has to say about it because you know what i do doesn't reflect what carl does and what carl does doesn't reflect me and we'll say what what tyrone does doesn't reflect us and vice versa or or any or anybody we know and and that's not and that's not just for black people but also all marginalized people you know one individual does not represent the whole and and our individuality should be taken as a given not as not as this this needless fight, man. But I don't know. That's that's all. That's all I gotta say about that. But yo, that that, that just shows you right there, man. That this that that video, this is America, man. It's just drumming up all these themes, dude. And and like I said, if you haven't seen it, by all means, do that. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about the matter. So, like I said, uh, please. Uh, uh, email the show at codexprimepodcast at gmail.com or leave your comments below if you have if you have seen the video. Um, you can also check us check us out all of our episodes on on Facebook Live as well as SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast, and Twitter at Codex Primecast. That's all I got. So uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Thank you to the uh, chat for tuning in. And as always, I will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Stay woke.